we're back. Still in Virginia. Yeah, 250 miles to go left in Virginia. Now we need to hit the best states, West Virginia and Maryland. CNO Canal, no roots, very, very small rocks. No hills, no views, no problems. They've got some views. They've got a bridge. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything new and exciting to update us on? Started a new job. Same company, but new job that I'm really excited about. And saw one bear, no cubs, this weekend when I was out running. So many bears. I feel like the bears is becoming a weekly occurrence for you. They are. They are. What's new with you? No wildlife really at all seen. Just kind of been melting it's been in the high 90s that is so fitting for today's episode uh perfect timing yeah we also um went to a mushroom foray this weekend which was really fun wait what is what is a mushroom foray it's when a bunch of people get together and go out foraging for mushrooms together and in this group there were quite a few people that knew so much about mushrooms so um we all brought back what we found and they identified all of them and we figured out which ones were edible turns out we ended up finding a lot of edible mushrooms which was really cool and then we proceeded to leave them in somebody else's car so we did not get to eat them but it was still really fun that is really cool that's insane i want to go on a mushroom foray yeah i wish i'd gone before my hike because i think it would be it would have been really fun to yeah have a little bit of a better idea or at least feel more confident in some of my ids i didn't think i would eat them without like a real pro telling me it's cool the risk of death is high death or diarrhea yeah Either way. And diarrhea, oh gosh. We can't have another episode where we talk about poop in it. All right, we gotta move on from that. Yeah, well, that's cool. Shall we, are we ready to go in? We're ready? Let's do it. So our standard state questions, how hard was the hiking in Northern Virginia relative to other places? I think it was hard, but I also think it was, for me, a lot of it was because of the weather. It was really wet when I was in the first parts of Northern Virginia, and then it was super hot and humid and dry and hard to find water. (laughs) I don't know that the climbs are that much more difficult, and they're certainly not as technical as up in the Whites or in Maine, but it just felt brutal. And there were quite a few, as you know, wooded summits there that just... It was such a downer when you just you climbed for all that time. You're so hot, dehydrated, and there's no view. Mm-hmm. And you just go down and back up again. So that was a little bit demoralizing for me. In terms of technicality, there is one kind of scrambly section near Dragon's Tooth. When we were coming down from that, it was super rainy and it was getting dark. It just took a long time to go like a mile, but it was also kind of fun. And I think if it had been maybe nicer weather, it would have been maybe a little bit more fun. So yeah, Northern Virginia was a little bit tough for me, but again, in in the fall or maybe in just a not so hot stretch of days it, it would be nice that tracks it does get like disgusting in the middle of the summer which is kind of i feel like inevitably when you end up there if you're going northbound so what big landmarks do you hit in this section so you hit the triple crown of the appalachian trail not to be confused with the triple crown of hiking in the u.s but the triple crown of the at is dragon's tooth 
McAfee Knob, Tinker Cliffs, those three, they're I think within 30-ish miles of each other in in Virginia. And then you also hit the Priest, which is a shelter. And in that shelter, in the logbook, everybody writes their trail confessions. Oh, fun. Yeah, I really looked forward to that one. That was fun. And also, I think their privy was closed when I was there. So people were pooping like right behind the shelter, which was also right next to the water source. So I heard a lot of people got norovirus there. What the heck? Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah, and I think the preview is closed because it was overflowing. <laughs> like, it was too full. <laughs> we didn't stay there, but it was uh, it was fun to stop and read the trail log and then, like, wash my hands and keep walking. And then you also hit Shenandoah National Park and right before West Virginia, the roller coaster, which is where um, it's a section of trail where the... Elevation changes from going up to down every half a mile. So it's just up, down, up, down, up, down. (laughs) Much like a very, very slow roller coaster. Well, that's exciting. Did you have any highlights in Shenandoah? Is there anything particularly special about it for people who don't know? Well, my sister came out and hiked some of it with me. That was pretty special. (laughs) I meant of like the park itself. (laughs) Shenandoah has some awesome blackberry milkshakes at the wayside. So one of the perks of Shenandoah is that it's got these waysides every, not every couple of miles, but you could hit one at least once a day and you can buy fresh food there, hot sandwiches, cold sandwiches, milkshakes, whatever you want. So a lot of hikers in that section will carry a pretty light amount of food in their backpack and just stop at the waysides and get get real food. Sometimes that's called deli hopping. So that's neat. And um, Shenandoah is also known for having a lot of black bears. So you might see a bear there, which is fun. And it goes along the Blue Ridge, Blue Ridge Parkway. So the trail is fairly close to the Blue Ridge Parkway as you go through there. So if you need access to a road to go into town or anything like that, it's there for you. And the Blue Ridge Parkway turns right into Skyline Drive, right? So Skyline Drive is like the... Yes, it's just a section of the Blue Ridge Parkway. Yeah, Shenandoah feels like it's like a relic of a time when like, people a long time ago would just like get in their cars and go out to the mountains as like a fun vacation and stay at all these like really developed areas just in the middle of nowhere. Yes, or just go for a Sunday drive along the parkway to, yeah, to spend their free time. Um, So what was your favorite town in Northern Virginia and where did you stop to resupply? Okay, I'll just, I'll go through the places I stopped to resupply and then when I'm doing that, I'll I'll let you know which one's my favorite. So kick it off with a gas station in Catawba, Virginia, which is, I don't even think it's a town. I think it's maybe just that gas station. I don't know. It might have a post office. (laughs) Yeah, so that was after like a super, the super rainy hike down dragon's tooth so i was just so excited to get some hot food got some hunt brothers pizza and got a breakfast version of that the next day was not not great that was not my favorite place uh (laughs) i also went into roanoke um to do some laundry and 
I guess it was primarily to do laundry because I'd gotten food at the gas station and I got on a bird scooter to try to go to the laundry place because I didn't want to walk and ended up going to an acupuncture place instead. I guess the laundry, the laundromat had been converted. And then after that, the next laundromat I tried to go to was like a dry cleaning place. <laughs> like walked in. I was like, I don't think this is right. So never actually did laundry in Roanoke, but it was a neat little town to check out. Um, stopped in Daleville. There's a super cheap Super 8 there, which is really nice if you need a shower and laundry. And it's next to a gas station and a McDonald's. And... Montebello is another place that I stopped. That is a really tiny town that just has like a general store and an RV park. And that, I mean, it was good. It was good. They had really huge Rice Krispie treats. And yeah, while I was waiting for a hitch into town, it had like started drizzling and then it just poured. And I guess the road I was trying to hitch on just was not super trafficked and it took I think this might have been one of my longest hitches it took 45 minutes to get a ride but it was super quick coming back so Waynesboro is my favorite town in Virginia yeah they have free camping for through hikers out on the edge of town you can get a free shower at the YMCA they've got like little mini shampoos for you and there's a diner there, Wheezy's Diner, that I think is delicious. I love breakfast foods. And it's also right next to a thrift store and a laundromat. So it's all like very centrally located. So really loved Waynesboro, super hiker friendly. And after that, uh, Larray stopped there, cooked some dinner right on a charcoal grill outside of the hotel room. And I guess we'll talk more a little bit later about how we acquired this charcoal grill. Yeah, that was a fun little town. Wasn't there for super long. And yeah, then resupplied at a bunch of the, the waysides, which was fun. So a lot of milkshakes. Yeah, that's really nice. I'm a little sad that when I was with you in Shenandoah, we didn't get any milkshakes. You didn't tell me about that. So it's kind of mean. Yeah, sorry, sis. I think we did try and I think they were closed. What was the best part of Northern Virginia? Milkshakes, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> the food. So I did do an aqua blaze, which I know we'll talk more about too. Food on the aqua blaze was spectacular after just eating snacks for weeks. And I liked stopping, I guess, shoot, it wasn't Front Royal, but um, a little bit outside of Front Royal. Stopped with our dad and our uncle and got some food and that was really fun to to see them and to be getting close to to home turf. And what was the worst part? Oh, so I woke up at 4:30 a.m. to see the sunrise at McAfee Knob and there were no views. It was totally socked in. Like you just couldn't see 10 feet in front of yourself and yeah, so that was a bummer because everybody had hyped up the sunrise there. It's supposed to be really beautiful. And again, like no views at Tinker Cliffs, no Dragon's Tooth, like didn't even see the famous rock formation because it was so, so rainy. There were a lot of section hikers in this area, which isn't a bad thing, but the shelters and the hostels were really full. So 
I definitely had to hike further a couple of times and yeah, the hostels were packed and I, I think I had my, my worst night's sleep at, uh, at the hostel in this area that I know we talked about on the last episode. Yeah, that's always tough. It's like, it's hard to complain about being like, oh, these public lands are so full of the public, but <laughs> it is, does definitely add an additional challenge when they're busy. Yes, it does. I know. And it's easy to fall into the trap of feeling very entitled. Like, don't you know I walked here? Like, you could just come here another weekend. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, everybody deserves to be out there. And, uh, and it was fun hearing people's stories. Cool. Well, anything else we need to add address for Northern Virginia? overall vibes how would you rate northern virginia we haven't really done this for other states or sections but i'm introducing a new feature right now how would you rate it a seven a seven average i'd give it a seven seven out of ten it wasn't my favorite but it wasn't terrible it was fine i do i do think i want to go back to the triple crown and hike it in good weather i think you know maybe that would change my opinion yeah i think that sounds like that's like a pretty exciting monumental part that you sadly missed out but that is also kind of the nature of through hiking like if your weather is bad on the days that you are somewhere it's tough to just be like oh let's stop or you know plan to be here when it's nice out yeah definitely one of the pros of of section hiking or just weekend trips it's just rescheduling if the weather's bad cool well our topic for this week is all about sort of getting off trail and connecting with family and friends. And so to start off with, we're going to talk about types of blazing. So first, can you explain like what the word blazing is and comes from? And then we can go through every type of blazing slang that you know. So a blaze is what's used to mark the Appalachian Trail. Specifically, it's a white blaze. They're painted on the trees or the rocks along the Appalachian Trail pretty frequently, I'd say at least every tenth of a mile, and uh, definitely makes it a lot easier to navigate. So blazing is just describing different ways of traveling along the trail. So white blazing would mean just following the normal trail, following the white blazes that are on the trees or the rocks. That is the stereotypical hiking the Appalachian Trail. Alternatively, you could have yellow blazing. So this is usually kind of a derogatory thing when people's like, oh yeah, you know, they were yellow blazing. It means they they weren't hiking. So maybe someone skipped a section of Pennsylvania because they didn't like hiking on the rocks. So they would yellow blaze. They would get in a car drive out of Pennsylvania and start hiking in New York or oh my goodness in New Jersey wow yeah so that's that's yellow blazing blue blazing is taking an alternate trail so uh, along the Appalachian Trail there are sometimes like loops or small spurs that go off either to a viewpoint or to connect to another trail and those are typically marked with blue blazes. So if someone is blue blazing, it could mean that they you know, took a, a blue blaze trail to go see a waterfall, or it could mean that they 
you know, potentially skipped some of the Appalachian Trail, the White Blazes, to take a bad weather bypass, meaning they weren't going up on top of the exposed ridge, top of the mountain. They were taking the Blue Blaze Trail that was at a lower elevation to avoid bad weather. Is that kind of also what would happen, like, if parts of the trail got, like, blocked or, you know, something was damaged, would they reroute around a Blue Blaze, potentially? Yes, definitely. So if um, something happened to the trail and they needed to detour, you could take, uh, they might use a Blue Blaze, like an already existing trail, or, um, yeah, reroute you that way. And then we have aqua blazing, which is what I did in Northern Virginia for about 80 miles of trail. So aqua blazing means you are going down a river instead of down the trail. So the Shenandoah River is fairly close to the trail for a bit when you're going through Shenandoah National Park. And so we canoed for about 50 miles from Waynesboro to Luray. And that was the the aqua blaze. And then later, Julia and I went back and hiked that section going south. So it was fun to to see that from from two different angles. Are there other areas where you have the opportunity to aqua blaze where like a river lines up pretty nicely going the same direction as the trail? Yes. So you can actually aqua blaze further than what I did. You can go all the way to Harper's Ferry in West Virginia. Or um, the other one that I'm aware of is Watauga Lake. You can, I guess, canoe or kayak on that instead of hiking. Maybe a few others. Where is Watauga? Watauga Lake is in Tennessee. Cool. Yeah. So we'll talk a lot more about your experience with aqua blazing just after this. But any other types of blazing there are? Two other ones that I had heard of on trail were pink blazing and platinum blazing. Pink blazing is trying to keep up with a romantic interest. So that's like still still hiking on the Appalachian Trail, still like following the white blazes. But, you know, typically it's someone trying to, yeah, keep up with somebody that they want to be around rather than hiking the way that they want to hike. So that's that's what pink blazing is. Nice. And then platinum blazing is staying in a lot of hostels or hotels just in general, spending a lot of money using your credit card a lot. And while I was prepping for this episode, I did like look up just the types of blazing just just to see like what else I'd be missing. And I've, I've never heard these on trail, but I did read there's a brown blazing. That's when you have diarrhea and you're hiking. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a good one. So I had to throw it in. I'm glad that you never heard that on trail and didn't have to experience that. So you mentioned you tried aqua blazing and you went up the Shenandoah River. And um, what did you like and dislike about doing that? I really liked being able to bring and cook real food. I mentioned that in Luray we cooked in a char like a used charcoal grill. We're like cooking outside the motel room, and that was because um, someone that was helping arrange the aqua blaze actually had just like found a charcoal grill and it's like oh like do you all want it like yeah sure and we bought some charcoal and man we made nachos on that we made pancakes on it cooked up some beef and beans at the motel so it was really fun when we were going along the river to to stop and cook 
real food. And because we were in a canoe, we could pack things that we normally wouldn't want to carry on our backs. So at the thrift store in Waynesboro, we bought a cooler and a pan and just loaded up with a lot of food. So I loved that. And I loved seeing different wildlife. I saw a lot of bald eagles, lots of herons, and we tried a little bit of fishing and actually got hooked in the neck when we were doing that. Oh my God. It like, oh, it was, it was comical. And I, I was not hurt at all, but it definitely like stuck in my neck a little, like just, just enough to be like, ooh, that's a hook. That sounds bad. Yeah. But it was fun just being on the river, seeing things from a different perspective, um, especially because I'd already been hiking for a long time at that point. I did really miss hiking, <laughs> all that being said, um, which sounds so silly, but I think just you don't have the same level of exertion when you're canoeing, which is good because you, you give yourself a break. But I think maybe you also don't get the same endorphins. I, I'm not sure. I just I remember feeling a little bit grumpy and I was surprised by that. I was just feeling ready to be back on trail. And I did miss my normal navigation, so I, I missed having far out where I could look at it, see exactly how far I had to go, when I could get, you know, food next or water sources, shelters. So that doesn't really exist for the river. I was trying to use Google Maps when I had service and I had no idea really where we were allowed to stop and camp. And definitely camped just like in someone's field at some point, like hoping that it was okay. So I did miss having the, just the comfort of knowing like, okay, yes, I can camp here and nobody's going to be mad at me. And, you know, this is where I can stop and get food. And I actually, we totally missed, <laughs> we totally missed the bridge that, uh, that we were supposed to get out of the canoe at because back to navigation <laughs> the navigation we had google maps and the place where we rented the canoes had like a, a word doc you know like you know, after the second bridge you know whatever that's where you're gonna take your canoe out and somehow i think we had maybe stopped early the day before or stopped late to mess up the bridge count so our second bridge was actually the third bridge and when we kept going like we got to a point where it was it was a dam and like if we just kept going we just would have gone over the dam but we saw a bunch of buoys and we ended up taking the canoes out like in a neighborhood <laughs> um like way past where we were supposed to go the company was great and like they came and picked us up and it was all fine so it was just a, a little a little confusing and about how far every day did you paddle when you did the canoe i think we did about 20 miles a day. I think we took three days and the last day was was really short. Was it like, I know you said less exertion, but it was. did it feel more like relaxed, like slower pace than hiking or no? For sure. Yeah, it did. There was a lot of paddling, but it wasn't constant paddling. So you could chill and relax and let the boat float and to say the only thing that was a little bit stressful was just figuring out where we were supposed to be <laughs> yeah i think it seems like better navigation tools would be 
really important for that. <laughs> Just thinking about water navigation in general, it can always be a little bit more disorienting. And just for people who don't know, Far Out is like a GPS map app, so you can download certain trails uh, and purchase them so that you have the waypoints and then follow your position along uh, using your phone in the app. I hope I did it justice in that explanation. You did. So would you recommend aquablazing to others? Yeah, I would. No, just as long as you know that you have to do a little pre-planning with the organization and logistics. And if people need a break or are injured or just want a change of pace from hiking, then I, I think it would be a great fit. And do you think, like, would you canoe again or would you kayak? So I don't know that they offered kayaks. I think you'd almost have to canoe just to fit your stuff. So I just put, like, my backpack and everything, like, in a big old trash bag <laughs> yeah and I, d I don't know how well that would fit in a kayak so yeah i think a canoe is the way to go especially if you're going with other people too um and i did hear of people that actually i think two people that had their canoes flip so if you do go aquablazing i didn't do this and i should have done this like make sure you have some way to secure your phone to your body <laughs> yeah yeah that seems important and something like the trash bag to help keep your gear dry in that situation. So I know like Aquablazing, you went back and hiked that section of trail that you missed. Uh, is that because you think it's cheating to blaze off trail? That is not because I think it's cheating to blaze off trail. I really enjoyed going back and doing that section for a little bit of closure just for myself and being able to hike some of it with you was really fun. I think if someone was in a competition or trying to achieve the, the fastest known time or some type of record for the Appalachian Trail, then blazing, yeah, I would consider that cheating if, you know, the official trail doesn't go on that section. Otherwise, no, you know, this is a personal journey for everybody out there and however they want to go about it, I think is how they should go about it. Yeah, that seems pretty, like, a pretty straightforward answer. It's not, like, a competition to through hike. <laughs> You're doing it for yourself. And this is a, an interesting part of the culture on the AT is that there is, they're called purists, are the people that are sticklers about following the, the white blazes to the T, you know, for every mile. Yeah, they can look down on people that do things a little bit differently and i've heard that on other other trails that's not really the case things get rerouted often because of a fires or on the cdt you're allowed to choose whatever trail you want there are a lot of options yeah it's just a interesting quirk of the at that is weird and maybe it's because it's like the it's so old that it's not subject to changing as often as the others that people feel that way but i don't know i definitely don't agree with the purists i think if you want to platinum blaze your whole way there or you get hurt and want to get in the car for a little bit that's fine i totally agree and other than aqua blazing did you leave the trail for more than like a night at any point other than the aqua blaze uh i did leave trail over memorial day to go see my husband and when I was in Maryland, I 
got off of trail to hang out with the family for, that might have only been a day. I, I think it was two days. And then in Vermont, I got off trail for a couple days to, to hang out with some of my hiking partner's family. So was that like, were those like a nice break? Yeah, they were a really nice break. Kind of getting a break in in the middle of the trail and then towards the end of the trail was a, I think a good way to split it up. Was it weird at all to see like, I don't know, did you have like whiplash going back to like people's houses just in the middle and then going right back to the trail? Yeah, I found that after hanging out with people for a couple days, I was ready to be back on trail. I don't know that I felt a lot of whiplash because usually by the time I got off trail, I was ready to just eat a ton of food and relax for a little bit. But pretty quickly, I'd be ready to get back out on trail and and keep going, get back into my routines. And how did you coordinate with people who you visited or who visited you? And how often did you make plans to do that stuff? So I didn't have... Anybody join me for hiking for more than a few miles other than you, Julia, down in Shenandoah, and you're easy to coordinate with. And that was also after I'd summited Katahdin and I had a car, so that was much easier. Otherwise, I think it it would have been pretty difficult to to coordinate for family or friends to come out and hike for sections because... They're working around usually work or school schedules and you are working around, you know, just not really a schedule, just trying to get to Katahdin. So timing and logistics of shuttling and parking and meeting at this place at X time can get a little bit tricky. It's a little bit easier if you were getting off trail to visit people because they don't need to worry about shuttling themselves or making sure they have the right gear or making sure they can keep up with you or that you slow down to stay with them. But yeah, for getting off trail to hang out with people, usually I wouldn't coordinate anything specific until it was a couple days before. And then I would coordinate like a specific time and parking lot, things like that. Other than that, I would just try to generally project where I thought I would be based on the number of miles that I was hiking. And then once I'd confirmed that that date or time worked for somebody, just doing the reverse engineering to figure out how you can get there that same day, which wasn't sometimes a little bit stressful just because a lot of different things can happen out there. You can get distracted by a side adventure or weather or something else. So it is like a little bit of added stress, but usually worth it to, to see the people that you love. Who is your favorite person to, like, see slash hike with? Slash hike with? Well, Julia, as the only person I hiked with, that would be you. (laughs) Hey, you hiked with, you did, like, some day hike distances with other people, so I'm the best, though. You were awesome. I do gotta give a shout out to Grandma and to to Pat-Pat for hiking with me on the the Sino Canal in West Virginia. That was fun, too. Our family is pretty conveniently located for Appalachian Trail visitation, so I feel like I was really lucky in that respect. I don't know if lucky is the right word, but a lot of us are within a day of travel. Yes. Yeah, it definitely gave me something to look forward to. Um, So kind of related to this, because I know 
you did spend a day with a dog and you knew some people who really like through hiked the whole trail with a dog, is it reasonable or even possible to through hike with a dog? Yeah, absolutely. I think it totally depends on your dog. You know, you're the one choosing to hike this. Your dog doesn't really have a choice. So if your dog loves hiking and loves being outside, then and you're willing to not stay in hostels or hotels or restaurants that don't allow them, or maybe willing to wait a little bit longer to get a hitch because you have a a muddy dog with you, then yeah, you should bring your dog. If you can make sure you get them the right gear. I've seen the dogs that I saw had raincoats, booties, their own sleeping pad, dehydrated food, backpack, things like that. So if you're really willing to invest time and money into getting your dog ready for this and willing to make those accommodations as you're hiking, then yeah, it's um, something that that is very doable. And there are a couple of spots where dogs are not allowed. So you'd have to find a way to either shuttle your dog or board your dog while you're hiking those sections or or just skip them entirely. You could yellow blaze um, so they are not allowed in the Smoky Mountains or uh, at ba- Baxter State Park in Maine, where Katahdin is. Oh, so you can't get, like, the cool Katahdin picture with your dog? No. What I've seen people do is they print out, a, you know, like, a really big picture of their dog or, of, like, their dog's face and bring that with them. That's actually pretty adorable. Yeah. Do you think, you, like, you have two dogs? For listeners who don't know, Gonzo has two. Would you hike with either of your dogs? I wouldn't, no, I don't think I would do a through hike with them. I don't think either one of them would like it enough. They like shorter backpacking trips, and then they like coming home being cozy. (laughs) Our dad and stepmom's dog, Rob Roy, uh, hiked with me for a day. He pulled off a 20-mile day um, in Pennsylvania with some rocks and roots, and he was excellent carried a backpack. Um, That was his first time carrying a backpack and he was adorable. Everybody loved him. He was super well behaved. That was really fun and I really enjoyed having his company. He's a good boy and he's a border collie who is very fit so I feel like that's that helped him. Yeah and he is so eager to please. He was definitely a, a people dog. He was a good boy. So our last question today, usually a fun question, this time not not that fun, but were there any points that you considered quitting your through hike? There were no points where I considered quitting. Uh, One of my friends recently asked me if there was anything that happened or that I experienced that would make me reconsider through hiking in the future. And on the AT, there weren't any irritants or any experiences that lasted long enough that I was like wow I am so so miserable I don't want to be here anytime being outside is is better than being in an office in my opinion which is what I was coming from so one extra consideration that I would give more weight to in the future before other through hikes would be missing life events of you know family friends and pets I was really fortunate to have a great support network my family and friends did a lot for me and I know that put some extra stress on them so that's something that 
that I'll definitely consider and try to put some some good deeds in the the family and friend bank before my next through hike. Yeah, we, you, we all hated you. No, but like, I don't know. What do you want to? Can you give a little more detail? Like, what like sort of events did you miss? Was there anything really that you're like, oh, I wish I had been there? Yeah, so I missed um, a cousin's wedding, which would have been awesome to go there and hang out with all the family. I missed a, a 30th birthday party for a family member who has planned a lot of different things for me. So I would have loved to have been there for her or I, I could have been there for her. I chose to prioritize my through hike in, in all these cases. So yeah, things like that. If through hiking is like the, what matters to you, it's about just like working out and communicating with people. Yes. Making sure they know that it's not because you don't love them. It's because like you got to do this. Anything else we need to drop in here before we close off don't think so i think we covered it pretty well our next episode our our next main episode is going to be about west virginia and maryland so we'll talk about harper's ferry um, and our home state which will be really exciting and it's also the first of two episodes that we're going to talk about gear so if you have questions about gear or really about any topic that we've covered so far definitely feel free to DM us on Instagram. You can leave them in the comments of any of our posts or leave them in the Spotify or Apple podcast comments, or you can send us an email to howtothroughhikepodcast at gmail.com. If you're not already following the podcast on whatever platform you're listening, please do that. And if you like it, we would so appreciate you leaving us a five-star review. Follow us on Instagram if you want to see some pictures from Gonzo's Hike and some fun reels and other content that I get to have the pleasure of making. And so you can have direct access to ask us questions or send us things. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening and have a great day. We super appreciate you and we'll see you next time. Bye.